Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. I'll tell you what, Pastor Steve and I have an arrangement. I don't talk about him, and he doesn't talk about me. Because <laughs> we do have some secrets on each other. I do personally, Pastor Steve, think I made better fashion choices than he did. But, uh-uh-uh. Yes, amen, Steph. Let's get, can I get an amen from that? Hallelujah. Oh, thank goodness for the presence of God in this house this morning. Can you, yes, let, can you, we just give him one more clap? Lord, we thank you, God. We thank you for your presence, Lord. Oh, I'm just so thankful. I'm so, I'm, I was telling the first service today, just for some reason, you can just be going along in your Christian walk and just be thinking you got it all together sometimes. And you just, you know, we, we've done it several years. I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but I'm older. And you can just be walking around thinking you got it all together and the Lord would just hit you with some kind of concept or some kind of idea or some kind of thought. And just today, he's just been talking to me about humility and, and what God, I feel so humble that he chooses to use us. And sometimes he just makes that more real than other times when you just go, God, I can't believe that you look at me. You look at me and you know every imperfection. You know every weakness. You know every ugly part about my life. But you choose anyway to use me. That's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. So I'm thankful to be able to stand before you this morning and bring the word of God to you. Um, I grew up in church. My dad's a pastor. And, uh, and, I, and I grew up with Bob Ely and Stephanie and Steve and Edith. And, and uh, you know, when, when we grew up, we, we memorized scripture like crazy. I mean, it, there was a memory verse every Sunday school, you know, and you would have a memory verse. But we didn't memorize anything but the King James Version. Now, I want to tell you, first of all, that this sermon is brought to you by God. Thank you. Hallelujah. But besides God, it's the whole Scamahorn family. So, so, and this is why. Because my girls gave me the title. They're like, Mom, you got to do this. Mike provided the research, and I put it together. So we, we have a, it's a family sermon, if you will. So I hope that you enjoy it and understand that my kids all have a part in it. So they said, Mom, we want you to do pants on the ground. I'm like, okay. Okay, I can do pants on the ground. I am the kind of person that doesn't mind making an idiot of myself. Thank goodness. Hallelujah. So I can do that, but I can, I can do pants on the ground. So then I was like, okay, i got to get a scripture for pants on the ground. What am I going to do? And a few things came to my mind. But the first thing that came to my mind is gird your loins. And I was like, man, I remember hearing that when I was a kid in Sunday school, gird your loins or whatever. And I was like, what in the world is that? We don't really know what that is. We don't talk like that really much anymore. And so we started looking into that. Um, here are the scriptures so that you'll know that I have a scripture reference. Ephesians 6, 13 and 14 in the King James says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. And then Peter talks about it in 1 Peter 1, 13. He says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you the revelation of Jesus Christ girding up 
your loins with truth, girding up your mind. Now, what does that mean exactly? Well, in the Roman era, remember that the men wore dresses, okay? You got to remember that. The men wore dresses, and so sometimes it wasn't real convenient to have a dress on for some reason or another. And so they would gird up their loins, basically gather up the fabric, pull it back between their legs and up around their waist, and make what little bit symbolized a diaper. Just saying. Just saying is all. Um, So that they would do that for a couple of reasons, and we're going to talk about those reasons today. Now, they call that girding up your loins. We might call it something a little different today, and this is it. Welcome back. We are wrapping up things in Atlanta, but before the Georgia sun sets, we've got one last audition to show you. Hello. Your name is Larry Platt. My name is General Larry Platt, yes. A general. General Larry Platt. Oh, you're a general. Okay. I want to sing my song called Pants on the Ground. Pants on the Ground. Pants on the Ground. Okay, what's it about? need putting our pants up. All right. Okay. Can I sing you up? Okay, ready? One, two, three. Pants on the ground, pants on the ground, looking like a fool with your pants on the ground, with the gold in your mouth, hat turned sideways, pants hit the ground, call yourself a cool cat, looking like a fool, walking downtown with your pants on the ground, giddy up. Hey, get your pants off the ground, looking like a fool, walking, talking with your pants on the ground, giddy up. Hey, get your pants off the ground, looking like a fool with your pants on the ground, gold in the mouth, okay. hat turned okay. Larry, what was that song called? Pants on the ground. Are you sure? Yes. Positive? You know, I have a horrible feeling that song could be a hit. Yeah. I'm going to get my pants and I'm going to buy some belts after this. Yeah, a lot of belts. Yes. Larry, can I ask you a question? Yes. How old are you? 62 years old. What? 62 years old. Good for you. Today my, uh, uh, this year will be my birthday on the 27th. Okay, the only slight problem, Larry, is that you're a little bit over the, the age limit, which is 28. <laughs> But, but I don't think this is going to be the last we hear about you. I have a feeling about you, Larry. And we learned something today, Larry. You know what we learned? Pants on the ground. Pants on the ground. Looking like a fool with your pants, pants on the ground. ground. Right, Larry, thank you. I'm now going to buy a belt. With our pants pulled up. Okay. I do you just love that guy? I just want to make him some chocolate chip cookies and give him some milk. He's just the sweetest little guy. I just love him. He's got... He's got a passion. He wants everybody to pull their pants up. So today, we're going to talk about girding your loins, and I'm going to talk to you in a little bit more modern terms and say, get your pants off the ground. Pull your pants up, tighten your belt, and let's get going. So if you will follow with me, we are going to um, take a little trip about pants on the ground. Now, there are a couple of reasons why we would gird your loins or pull your pants up. I don't know if you've ever seen um, a couple of them, one of them is, if you've ever seen, um, like on YouTube, you've seen the guys that are wearing their pants way, way, way down, and they're running from somebody or whatever, and they're trying to pull them up and run and pull them up and run, and they stumble and fall, and that happens a lot. And so, so part of it is to keep from stumbling and falling. So I want to today talk to you about um, 
two primary reasons. Number one is protection. Sometimes they needed a little extra protection in what they would term vulnerable areas. Now, when we're talking spiritually and we talk about protecting vulnerable areas, we have to talk about our minds because it is, is the mind is the most vulnerable area to the enemy. It's where everything starts. And I've noticed over the years that there are a couple of ways the enemy gets in to our minds and really starts to change our lives. Here's the thing that's so dangerous about letting the enemy in is it can just start with one tiny little thing, one tiny little thing, one tiny little thing, and those tiny things can end up derailing your destiny. He doesn't want us to know that, but it's the truth. The first way, though, I want to talk about is preoccupation. I don't know about you, but I have a lot of stuff going on in my mind. Got a lot to keep up with. Um, excuse me. I, we have become, because, because we do that, we've had so, we've become such good multitaskers haven't we? In our society, I think people push, 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 and we're pushed to do more and pushed to be more and pushed to do this and pushed to do that. We, we are made to feel like we're obligated to do this and we're obligated to do that and we're obligated to do that. And so that our mind gets so crammed full, I've often thought, what would it be like if we had um, 100% of our time and 100% of our energy and 100% of our attention we could give to walking out our Christian walk. Now, can you imagine that? Where that there were no other distractions, it was only you and God, and how close that intimacy would be. That sounds wonderful, but will we ever win anyone? Would we ever be anything to the world? We never would be, because it would just be about me and God. You know, and it's about more than that. So, We've got to figure out how that all these preoccupations and all these things we stuff into our minds, how we can handle that. Now, I don't know about you, but I have a limited capacity in my mind. You know, I, I can multitask, and I will say, and I'm not trying to make any guys mad, but I will say that girls are really better than that, at that than guys. Um, I get, I'm not even going to tell any stories on my husband, but he's, but he's pretty good about talking on the phone, and that's all. <laughs> I don't know about you, but talking on the phone is like a minor detail. We do lots of other things while we're talking on the phone. I mean, we're cooking supper. We're doing dishes. We're doing a load of laundry. We're, you know, you know, we're checking homework. We're balancing checkbook or whatever. We're doing all that, but we've always got the phone as well. And it always amazes me when Mike gets on the phone and, and I'll say, can you, you know, try to give him a little, can I, can I get you to do this or whatever? He's like, I'm on the phone. Oh, excuse me. On the phone. I didn't know. I didn't know. But we do a lot and we cram a lot into our mind. My mind has a limited capacity. Maybe yours doesn't. Maybe you um, have a super mind, and I hope you do. I hope, Lord, Lordy, Lordy, I hope it's better than mine. But mine's kind of like every time I put something new in, something else pops out on the side. I can stick a ping pong ball in this ear and another one pops out on this side. And so I forget things. I forget things a lot. And part of it is my personality, but part of it is also that I've just tried to cram too many things in there. Um, 
we, <laughs> I, I try to get organized. I've tried every way to be organized. Now, I will say this, that my personality and Esther's as well. Is Esther in the house? Esther was telling me she's just exactly like this. And so, hallelujah. And I bet there are a few others of you as well. But my personality is, hey, let's do it and let's have fun and let's go ahead and it's spontaneous and it's all about that. But, you know, don't ask me to organize something that's going to take a whole lot of planning and a whole lot of details. I'm not really good at that. I'm not really good at that. I'm getting better. And Miss Tina was saying, was giving me a big amen last, ser last service when I said, you know, every year, New Year's resolution, I can't think of, of a New Year's in the past 20 years when one of my resolutions wasn't to be more organized. <laughs> it's tough for me. Now, some of you are going, what? It's so easy for you. Miss Sister Edith was in the, Sister Edith, she might kill me for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Edith Ely was in the first service and you know you talk about organization that woman's got it together you ever seen her recipe boxes Woo -hoo -hoo, baby I want one of those because I can't do that on my own you want to see my recipe box oh my lord ask my girls the door the, the lid doesn't really even shut and there's and and why do I have a recipe box mm, don't really use it very much so <laughs> so I don't really know about that oh oh that was his little way of getting back at me <laughs> my recipe box is so stuffed full of things that's just kind of junk down in there. And, and, you know, you'll get out the, I have a great recipe for Italian chicken soup. One of these days I'm going to pull that recipe out and not going to be able to read it. You know why? Because it looks, you can almost see through it. When I set it out on the counter, it gets all nasty. And then I just put it right back in there, cram it back in there, and it's all there. Is it not? I'm not lying. If I'm lying, I'm dying, and I'm not lying. Because I don't want to die today. But what I do is... I forget so many things. I can't tell you how many times I woke up in the middle of the night and thought, oh, my Lord, I was supposed to do that yesterday. Sometimes it's small things. Sometimes it's great big things. So that's not really very cool. And I try to organize myself. And I get myself a little, I've got, um, in fact, you guys are going to be so stinking proud of me. Did I do it this sermon? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Let's see. I never know how long I preach. Look, look, you're going to like this. So I thought last service, I thought, I'm going to take my phone up there. Now, you can get, you can get organized with one of these smartphones, sort of. I'm going to take my phone up there, and I'm going to put the stopwatch on. I did it the same thing last service. I didn't even start the stinking thing. That's, what, that's exactly what happens to me. I thought, yeah, that'll be great. I'll do it again. And look at that zero, 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 zero. So I don't know. So if you just get, if it gets too long, you just have to say, yeah. you don't hurt my feelings. Anyway, so I've got too much in my mind, and I know that we get that way, and I believe really it is a ploy of Satan to cram our lives so full or, or, make, us, or make us feel so that we have so many obligations and we're obligated to do this and we're obligated to this, and it pushes out God. I get so confused sometimes. I get so, I get so, um, so distracted. I, I don't know about you, but I've got a cheese drawer. Now, I don't know very many people that have a cheese drawer, but I certainly do have a cheese drawer. And this is how I got it. One day, I went to the store, and I needed a block of cheese. Now, I don't usually use the block of cheese because I'm really, really lazy, and I don't even, I just, I just buy the shredded anymore, you know, I don't know. But I, I just I used to buy the block. I don't even have a cheese grater anymore. Wow. Who cares? That just dawned on me. I don't think I have a cheese grater. <laughs> block of cheese. <laughs> a block of cheese. You're not going to buy me a cheese grater for Christmas. He better not. 
You better buy me a jewelry or something for Christmas. A cheese grater and a towel. That would make me really happy. So I got a, block, well, got a block of cheese. And um, and I knew that I bought it. And I went to Walmart and I bought it, you know. And I bought some several other things. You bring it home. Just, I don't know about you guys. We sit on the counter. It sits there until somebody gets tired of looking at it and puts it away. It's usually me. So in this particular time, it was me. And so put it all away about an hour or two. I go in there and I'm ready to make whatever I'm making with the cheese. It's usually tacos because I have about two recipes. One's tacos and one's spaghetti. So, so I was making tacos, I'm sure, of it. And so I was making the tacos and... Uh, Dad, gum it if I can't find that cheese. Where is that cheese? I'm telling you, I looked all over for the cheese. I looked in every drawer in the refrigerator. I looked all over. I looked all over. looked all over. Couldn't find it. And I started getting mad because I hate those stupid turnstiles at Walmart. I know I never get all my bags. I don't know about you, but I do get my bags, in, but I never feel like I do. I walk out of there. I, let me just turn that thing one more time. Let me just check it one more time. Are you sure we got all mine? I want you to stick your hand down in those bags and make sure none of the, nothing's in those bags. Come on, you guys know. So I was getting mad. I was thinking, that cashier, I'm not going back to that Walmart again. I'm going to start going back to the local grocery store because I know they didn't give me my cheese. I know I didn't get that cheese. And I'm just going on and on while I'm browning the meat or whatever I'm doing. And then I go over to the utensil drawer to get out a spatula. I don't know who put the cheese there. I don't know how that cheese got there. Well, there's a big old block of cheese just staring me right in the face. How do, those, how do those things happen? I bet you have a story like that. Please tell me you have a story like that. Please tell me you have a story like that. We get so, our minds get so, so full. We don't have room for, yes, Warren has a, Warren, yay, Warren, my man, has a story like me. Hallelujah. We're going to talk after this. That'll be great. But our minds get so full, and I really believe Satan uses that to block out what our real purpose is and to rock, block out what we're really supposed to be achieving in life, what we're really supposed to be doing, the, the destiny and the, the divine calling that he has on our life. And if, we can just, if he can just block it out so that you're so filled with activities and you're so filled with responsibilities and you've got all the dates in your head and you've got all this stuff in your head, then he wins because he stops you. The Word of God says something about that, about guarding our hearts and our minds. Uh, Proverbs 4.28 says, Above all, guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. You start to feel your life draining out of you, you better start looking at yourself and start looking, have you guarded your heart and have you guarded your mind? Because it's the wellspring of life. It's the wellspring of life. So what I'm saying to you today is we got to gird up our loins. We've got to protect those vulnerable areas. We've got to protect our mind and not let it get preoccupied preoccupied so i'm saying to you this stop looking like a fool and get your pants off the ground gird up your loins and protect your mind the second way that i see that i see the enemy using and getting into our minds is with deception and there are a couple of different things that we could talk about here. We could talk about sin. We could talk about how that he plants a tiny little thought in your mind. And, and if you just sit there and dwell on it. Now listen to me. We all have temptations. We all have temptations. A temptation is not a sin. It's just when we take that temptation and we mull it over. And we begin to think about it. And we begin to think on it. And we begin to rationalize. It's when it becomes a sin. 
It's like a pe- it's like a pebble in a shoe. There's a great song from years 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 ago called Pebble in the Shoe. And that happened. I was telling them that happened to me to me this morning. Except it's not a pebble. It was a brett because I live with three girls. So I, I was put, put my shoe on this morning and I stuck my shoe in and there was a little hair clip in there. Now I could have come. I could have come to church and walked around with that hair clip in there and nobody really would have known. It would have been all right. And, but after a while, it would have started rubbing. Would have started making some little problems with my foot. And if I wore that all day or if I wore it all week or I wore it whatever, then I'm going to cause a lot of problems and possibly even to the point that I can't use my foot anymore. So sometimes it starts with a tiny, tiny little thing. And though it's not even that big of a deal, if you don't deal with it then, when it's first in your mind, it becomes something that will eventually stop you in your tracks. And I've seen Satan work that way. Not just now, listen to me. When when I, when I, preach today I need you to hear that I'm preaching to the church today I'm not preaching to people that are unsaved even though if you're unsaved in here I want you to hear what I have to say but I'm telling you I'm preaching to the church today because we get we get so caught up in we got it all together and we're doing the right things and we're coming to church and we lift our hands when we're supposed to and we've given the offering and we do everything we're supposed to we get so caught up in it listen to me I get so caught up in it I've been saved for a lot of years, but sometimes it becomes a ritual. And instead of being what it's supposed to be, it's at those times I'm not walking out my destiny during those times. I'm just like a robot walking down a trail. And that's not what he has for us. So when I talk to the church today, listen, when I say those tiny little things get in, and if we're not careful, those things can can derail us from our destiny. I like that phrase because I can see us going along, just barreling along at the big steam engine and out comes the steam and we're doing great. And it just takes one little thing. Can you imagine one little obstacle on the track and we start dwelling on it and we're off? Here's the thing. Before it was a word, it was a thought. Before it was an action, it was probably a word. Before it was a habit, it was an action. Before it was your character, it was your habit. And before it was a lifestyle, it was your character. It's one little tiny thing. It's one little tiny thing that determines your destiny. Also, I see the enemy using our past against us. One of my favorite quotes and I don't even know who to attribute it to, and I, I, but, but it's this. Your past is not your potential. I love that. I love that. The counselor in me loves that. I am a counselor. But besides that, I love that. The Christian in me loves that. Because I'm telling you, we, the, Satan can give, fill us full of doubts, full of fear and shame and worthlessness and helplessness and despair and get us to where we think that we aren't worthy of anything and can't do anything. We've got to know how to handle that. And that is this in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. For though we live in the world, we don't wage war, war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now listen to me right now. I'm going to give you free hundreds of dollars worth of counseling advice right here. 
Because you can go to a counselor and you can spend a lot of time in a session. You can go for an hour a week and spend, a se- spend, spend your time and talk to them and all this. But it's all going to boil down to this. This is what happens. All of us were raised believing things about ourselves. Whether they're good or whether they're bad, they become ingrained in our minds. And it sets the stage for our future if we don't do something about it. It's very difficult to change. It's the reason so many people stay stuck in their lives. It's the reason generations of people stay stuck in their lives. You know, you've seen families that they seem to be doing all the right things, but they're just stuck. They're stuck. They're stuck. But those things become ingrained in our minds, and it's like a track, and our mind takes that track every time. So instead of God giving me a great idea in the middle of night about a new ministry or about a way that I can serve, serve people or whatever, instead of saying, yes, let's do it, I can do it because God says I can do it because he gave it to me, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because he is my provider, and I am a conqueror, and I'm a victor in him. Instead of saying that, I get stuck on that track that says, ah, I don't think I can do that. I'm not good enough to do that. Man, there's just no way. People don't like me enough to follow me to do that. Whatever it is, it follows that track. And we will pay counselors all kinds of money for this information. We get faulty thought patterns. And in counseling, this is what you would do. You would learn to take that thought when you very first have it. I'm not good enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not talented enough. I'm not whatever it is. It's you would learn to take that thought and then test it. Is this really true? Well, no, it's not. It's absolutely not. And then you would replace that thought with a true thought. Now, it's amazing to me that we do that in counseling, yet all we got to do is get out the word of God because that's all it is. That's all it is. It's taking every thought captive. So when, so when I begin to feel inside and when I have those old thought patterns or whatever from my childhood or from the kids on the playground or for whatever it is, and that thought pattern begins to say, you're not good enough or you can't do it, I've got to get out my word and says, wait a minute. I've got to stop that thought first because it says take every thought captive. I'm grabbing that thought, first of all. And then second of all, I want to say this. Does this thought line up with what the Word of God says, with, says about me? Well, no, actually it doesn't. And then I've got to replace that thought. I'm telling you, lives change when we learn to do that. Lives change when we learn to do that. And the enemy can no longer get a hold of us. The enemy can no longer, can no longer derail our, our future and our destiny. Taking captive every thought. Get your pants off the ground. Pull your pants up. Gird up your loins. Take, thought every, take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. What's real about what he says about you? You know that he says that you are his beloved, that he loves you, that he has a plan and a purpose for you, <laughs> that you were no accident, that he formed you and knit you together in, in your mother's womb. Some of you might need to hear that, that you were no accident, that he knit you together, he formed you, and the whole time he was designing a purpose and a plan for you. Last time I spoke at Southwestern, I told them a story about, about my grandfather when he was very, very sick. 
and he had a terrible disease called Lewy body syndrome. And that disease takes away your ability to move a lot. And he was, um, as far as I'm concerned, the greatest man to walk the planet. But he sat in that rest home and he got so sick. And we would go there to see him. And I remember seeing him slumped over. He couldn't. Um, he could communicate a tiny little bit, but for the most part, he couldn't. And I didn't know what to do other than pray for him. But the thought occurred to me, I want, I want to make him a blanket so that when, so that when it's covering him, it's my prayers covering him. And I, I went home and I crocheted that blanket. And it was the tears that fell, tears that fell on that blanket and prayers that went up to God for him, that godly man. But I remember thinking as I was making that, knitting every little stitch together, knitting every little stitch together and saying things like, God, you knew my Papa Cecil when he was in his mother's womb. You knit him together. You made every part of his body. God loves you so much that he knit you together. Every intricacy of you, every weakness you have, every strength you have, he knitted it in there. And I believe he sang over you. And he prayed over you and he spoke words of life over you as he was knitting you together in his mother's womb. We got to understand that he, God doesn't spend that kind of time on trash. He's got a plan for you. He's got a plan for you. And so it's our job to protect and prepare for that plan. He knit you together for a plan and a purpose. Gird up your loins. Protect that vulnerable area of your mind. Know what God says about you. Know that you are his beloved. Pull up your pants. Pull up your pants. And the next thing is preparation. Another reason that they would gird their loins is they were preparing to move. I don't know if you've ever run in a dress, but it isn't too fun. I grew up in the days where, you know, we went to church camp and you had to wear a dress. And, oh, my Lord, we had to play sports in the dresses. And, and Stephanie and I played some softball in dresses about down below our knees, didn't we? <laughs> it's kind of hard to run in a dress sometimes because there's always that there's always that fear you're going to fall and then, you know, we're going to expose all the vulnerable areas. So, <laughs> so, <clears throat> so another reason that they would gird their loins was to prepare. Now, I want to tell you something. If you're not moving forward, you're moving back. We know that. We hear that. We've heard that. Standing still isn't really an option. It's like sitting on the fence. So it's not an option. It's lukewarm. It's one way or the other. This church is on the move. We've talked about it. We've talked about it. We've talked about it. We as a body are moving forward. We are moving forward. We're taking bold steps to move forward. We have to be ready individually. We have to be ready. We have to gird up our loins and be ready. We have to pull up our pants and 
get our belt all tightened and be ready to run because you're gonna, we are going to run. The plan that God has for you is, is going to come to pass. Now, listen to me. I think if every person, and I, I, I think if every person in this building were to fulfill the plan that God has for you, it would be huge. I mean, over huge, ginormous, like change the world kind of huge. Because I, this is what I think. I think we limit our plan. We limit our destiny by our thoughts and by all those kind of things. But God has a much bigger plan than that. He has something huge. We talk ourselves out of some really cool things that God's tried to talk us into. He has a plan, but we have to be ready for it. We have to be ready no matter what our emotions say, no matter what our body says, no matter if I'm just not feeling good today, no matter if my leg is broke, no matter if my arm's broke, no matter if I had a crash on the way to, call, well, on the way to uh, bleh, church, or if I, if I um, fought with my family this morning or whatever happened. It doesn't matter what the emotions of it are. We've got to get past the emotions of it, and we've got to be ready. We've got to pull our pants up. And be ready. Get your pants off the ground. I tell you that I believe that God is going to begin not just working in this body, but working in us as individuals in a new and bigger way. And I think we have to be ready for that. We have to be ready and be open for it. He might call you to do something that doesn't you think I haven't ever seen anybody do anything like that. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard of. I'll tell you that I used to teach an adult Sunday school class and and. A lady came to me, one of the ladies in my class came to me, and she said, I want to do this for you. She said, every Monday I'd like to bring you an evening meal. I already told you I don't cook very much, right? So I was like, hallelujah. My whole family did the hallelujah dance. We were excited, man. Yes, 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 yes. And so I'm going to just tell you this. Here's the deal. She didn't just say, I want to do this for you, and then, you know, didn't follow through with it, which that would probably been me because that's more my personality. But she, I've got great ideas. Hmm. Got great ideas. It's just intentions and actions are two different things. But I'm going to tell you that that lady every every Monday for how many years? Two, three, at least two years, and I don't want to lie. So two to three years, every Monday she brought us a meal to my family. Now. Cool thing about that meal was this. It was better than anything my kids had ever had. You know, it wasn't tacos and it wasn't spaghetti. So, so you got to love that. So she would bring a meal every Monday. And what I knew about that meal was this. Mm. That she prepared that meal and she prayed over my family. And her loving hands put that meal together for us. Now, she could have said, you know, I've never heard of anybody doing anything like that. That's the craziest thing I've ever, you know, God, that can't be you because really who does that? But she didn't. She said, I'm going to do it, God. I'm going to do it because you told me to do it. God's going to call you to do some things that might be kind of weird. God's going to call you to do some small things and you're never going to understand. It might just be in Walmart and you see that lady or you see that man and God just, you feel drawn to them and God just says, go talk to them. Or it might be that God wants you to get your checkbook out and write a big old check and give it to somebody and pay their rent or whatever it, whatever it is. But you've got to be ready for it. You've got to be ready for it. Because if you're not ready, not only does it rob the other person of that blessing, it robs you. And you never, then you don't grow in that. You've got to be ready to hear his voice. You've got to be ready to act. You've got to be ready to move. You've got to have your pants pulled up so that you can move. And you can move quickly when he says go.
when he says go. We got to be prepared. So I'm telling you today, just like General Larry Pratt said, got to get your pants pulled up. Get your pants off the ground. Stop looking like a fool. Get your pants. Get your pants off the ground today. Will you stand with me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Will you just bow your heads and close your eyes if you would? I'm just, I'm just going to say a prayer over you today. If you don't remember anything about what I've said today, I hope you remember this. God's plan for you is huge. He wants to take your life, turn it completely upside down. He wants to blow your mind with the plans that he has for you. He wants to do more in you than you can ever Imagine that you could have ever done. And I'm going to pray just a general prayer over all of us, but I, but I really feel like this service, that there are some of you in here, your minds got stuck in the track whether it's from your past or whether it's from something recently. But you can't see the possibility of what God can do because you're stuck in that track of I can't be or I won't be or I never will be or I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy. And I'm going to pray especially for you today. But I'm also going to sit down in just a little bit. And I would love to pray individually with you as well. Because I want today to be a day that changes your life. I want today to be a day that you just get a glimpse of what God says about you. And not what others say, and not what you say, and not what you feel inside, but what God says. So if that's you, I would love to pray with you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come up here. I'm just going to go sit down on the front row in just a bit after I pray. Please let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, dear Jesus, we just love you, God. We love you so much. We thank you, God, that you sent your only son to die for us, that we'll never, that we'll never understand that kind of love. And Lord, we know we didn't deserve it, but your grace and your mercy saw us in the condition that we were in and you picked us up and you made us your own. 
And Lord, today I know, God, that in this place you have, there are so many people who have the potential to do great and mighty things for you. And so, Lord, today, God, first of all, Lord, I just want to day today, Lord, repent and just repent of letting too much into my mind. God, to blocking you out. God, I just come to you in repentance for that. Lord, I know that you should be my primary focus and everything else is a far second. So God, today, Lord, first of all, we just repent that we've let those things crowd you out. And God, Lord, I just, I pray, Lord, that you would just help us to see who we really are in you. Help us to see how much you love us. Help us to see our value, God. Oh, God, help us to see our value to you. Lord, raise us up. Grow us up. Strengthen us, Lord. God, use us in mighty ways. And Lord, I pray, God, that you would help us to be prepared. That this would be a congregation of prepared people, Lord. That we would be ready to serve you at a moment's notice. At the drop of a hat, that we'd have our pants pulled up and ready to go. And ready to move when you say move, God. Lord, I pray, Lord, just like I prayed for the first service. I pray, Lord, that you would make each and every person in here a magnet. For people that need Jesus. For people that need the love of Jesus. People that need something in their lives. God, I pray for opportunities today. I pray for this week to be a mighty week of opportunities. That these people would begin to flow. That you would flow through them in a mighty way. Lord, I pray, God, you'd wake them up with visions and dreams. Lord, of the things that you have for them. God, just put a fire inside of us. Help us to know, God, who we are and what you have for us. And Lord, Lord we're just going to give you glory for all of that. Because we love you, Jesus. We desire to honor you and serve you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you need a time, I'll say this. Um, there's a story in the Bible where the waters were troubled, and whoever dipped in the waters while they were troubled would be healed. There, there are times when God anoints places or people to bless you. Listen, I believe that God has anointed Jamie this morning to pray with you. And if you have a need or you just need someone to agree with you, I'm sure the prayer counselors will be with her. If you have a need, don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. Just allow her to pray with you. And I believe God's going to do something miraculous. I believe that. Do you believe that? Every time a message is preached and you respond to that message, you're making a move toward Christ. Continue to make moves toward Christ. Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for this service. We just thank you for just being here with us. Father, we thank you for the worship this morning that was intense, Father. We thank you for the word that was challenging, Father. We thank you for our hearts that have been pricked, Father. We thank you for our minds that have been changed, God. Don't allow us to be the same after today. We just honor you and give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more pastor resources or to make a donation online, 
visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.